name of the Lord. That's what I like about the Lord. There's always more. Yeah. Glory to God. There's always more. Hallelujah. <laughs> Would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 7 this morning? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to look in verse 24 this morning. It says this, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them. So everyone who, do, who, who does what? Who hears, hears and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Father, we're grateful for your word this morning. We are so thankful for all that you teach us through your word. We're thankful that your word is truth, that it's light, that it sets people free, that it sets us free. And Father, we thank you that more truth equals more freedom for us today. So we open ourselves up to all that you'd have for us, all that you want for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. This passage ought to be familiar to us, isn't it, right? Uh, you've got two guys, <laughs> two people, and they each built a house, right? One built it on the rock, had a strong foundation. Uh, in another, uh, one of the other Gospels, when it uh, mentioned, when G Jesus talks about this, it says he dug down to find the foundation, the rock. He dug, he dug deep to get a strong foundation, and he built on that foundation. The other man built on the sand. And we, we understand this, that the two different people, Jesus said right, right in this explanation, the, the one who built on the rock on the strong foundation was the one who heard the word and did the word, became a doer of the word. Yes. And then the other man who built on the sand was the one who, he still heard the word. He still sat in church, heard it, but he didn't become a doer of that word. In other words, he heard it and thought, that's nice, but never changed his actions as he walked out the door. Never allowed the word to affect his life. And so um, you've got these two men or there's two groups of people, you could say. One's, one heard the word and did it. One didn't hear the word. But I, what we want to look at this morning is the fact that the storm came to both people. <laughs> right? 
It doesn't say that the man who heard the word and did it built his house upon the rock and the storm never touched the house. It doesn't say that. It says that the rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house. Same storm, same type of problem, same floods, same wind, same beating. Praise the Lord. The same beating, but one person stood through it all, overcame it, and still had his house at the end of it. And the other person lost it all. I want to talk to you this morning about weathering the storm weathering the storm because just because you become a child of God you receive Jesus into your life you get born again as Jesus said in uh, John chapter 3 just because you've asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior does not mean that you are then exempt from every trial or test or problem that might come up on this earth Uh, According to Jesus right here, who's the one who told this parable, he's the one that was saying the same storm is going to come to uh, the one who does the word and the one who doesn't do the word. We will experience the times where whatever situation we're in feels like, (laughs) oh my gosh, this thing is just beating. It's just relentless. Now, uh, through the years, we've had many different types of houses. We've lived in lots of different places. Um, And we had this one house back when we lived uh, just south of Buffalo in a town called Orchard Park. We had this one house, uh, 96 South Lincoln. It was right in the center of town. And this house was made of cinder block. I don't just mean the basement was cinder block. The whole house. Cinder block. And then they just stuccoed the cinder block. It was built in 1920. I don't know if they just didn't like to frame houses with wood and, you know, do things that way. But this house, two-story house, full foundation, full basement. So three stories, all cinder block. Let me tell you, when you're in a house made of cinder block, I don't care what wind comes up. I don't care what storm is out there. Didn't feel a thing. Didn't concern me at all. At all. Why? Those walls were thick. I don't care if a whole tree fell over and slammed into the house. It was not going to bother this house. I'm telling you, this thing was fortified. It was strong. Even if it knocked out a window or something like that, the walls were still going to stay there. And there was something so wonderful, so secure about sitting in a house with the fire roaring and saying, let it go. I don't care what the storm is like outside because I'm safe in this house. Because of the way it was built. And so Jesus was basically saying, guys, it matters how your house is built. It matters how your life is built because the storms will come. And you want to be able to weather that storm by sitting on the couch with the fire going. Hallelujah. You want to be able to enjoy 
what others fear. What others are concerned about. Now, I grew up in Buffalo, New York. I actually grew up in that town. I was talking about Orchard Park. Um, I, I actually lived through what they called the blizzard of 77. 1977, Buffalo had a huge blizzard. It, uh, it was massive. The blizzard, the storm itself was, I don't know, like 36 hours or something. It was like several, several days of storm, of snow. And then it took a good week to two weeks. I think school was closed at least a, a full week, if not longer. Um, I lived in Orchard Park, which was south of Buffalo. We called that the snow belt. Um, of course, anyone who knows about that area up there, they have lake effect snow. So everything, uh, all the cold air comes down from Canada, goes over Lake Erie, Lake Ontario, picks up all the moisture, sucks it all up, and it actually kind of misses Buffalo. Buffalo does get snow. They get snow. It drops a little bit. Buffalo's right on the water, but then it skips over about 20, 30 miles to Orchard Park, <laughs> and boom, you get snow. And so I, I remember this blizzard. And of course, you know, weather forecasting, can, they can forecast some things. And, but I remember watching my mother during this storm. She was nervous. And I don't, I don't remember her being, showing anxiety or worry very often. But I, you, could, she could, you could physically see that she was concerned. And she was on the phone she was calling, and she, what she was doing was making sure that all the people she knew and loved were home, that they got home from wherever they were. And once she knew, once my dad walked in the door, once she knew my uncle was home and safe, that all the kids were back, you know, that everybody was in their right spot, their home, their safe place. Once she knew that, everything changed. Why? Because everybody's safe. <laughs> Everyone's safe. Then it was, okay, let's get ready for a little house in the prairie because we're going to, you know, we're going to stoke up the wood fire. We're going to pull out the pot and make stew on the wood fire because all the electric's going to go out. We're, we're just ready for it. And, you know, then it's seven days of fun. Monopoly, <laughs> Yahtzee. And it's seven days of chilling out and hanging out. And you guys know nothing about what it would be like to go seven days without, I mean, we didn't have devices. So it wasn't a big deal to ha not have a phone or a computer. We didn't have those things back then. I was seven years old. So it was big fun for us. But I'll never forget watching that change with my mother from total concern to total ease. Why? She knew everyone was safe. As a pastor, I'm going to know, there's going to be things that you guys will go through, storms that will come up. The thing that will be the most ease to me is knowing you've heard the word and you've become a doer of the word. Amen. That means no matter what storm is beating against your house, you'll weather the storm. You're going to make it to the yes. other side yes. of the storm. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So just like my mother went from concern to relief, as a pastor, there's that level of, Lord, 
Help them be a doer. <laughs> Help them be a doer. Why? Because there's going to be times where uh, the storm starts to beat and you want to know what to do in that storm. Glory to God. So can we talk about things that we're supposed to do in a storm? Glory to God. Things that we're supposed to do. Because how many know um, there are things, like my mother, she prepared for that storm. Before, before you know, the beginning of the storm, what do you do? In Buffalo, you go to the grocery store. You buy milk, you buy eggs, and you buy bread. Uh, you know, as Jerry Seinfeld said, I think French toast is the national storm food or something like that. But, but you know, what do you do? You prepare for a storm. You stock your shelves. You get ready. Glory to God. So that when the storm hits, you're all set. Yes, amen. You just weather it. You ride it out. Mm-hmm. You wait until the wind stops beating. Glory to God. And then you go about your life. So how do we uh, prepare? We become doers. What we hear in the word, in the word, what we see in the word, we start to put it into practice when everything's sunny and beautiful outside. Glory to God. You know, in Denver, our storms just aren't that big of a deal. I, I hate to tell you, but I just told you I'm from Buffalo. And it just cracks me up sometimes what they call a blizzard out here. But let me tell you, there are some storms that will stop everyone in their tracks for weeks. There are other storms, aren't there? Hurricanes. My husband grew up in Miami. Those, those storms, man, what? They blow through. They rearrange the lampstack, and then you have the eye of the storm where everything gets nice for a minute again, right? And then the storm starts up one more time because once wasn't enough. We want to do it twice. <laughs> what am I saying? Storms aren't always pleasant to live through. They're not always, they don't always feel good on the flesh. They're not always nice to endure. And Jesus told us, I don't, I'm sorry, there's going to be storms anyway. So obviously there's a way to get through them. There's a way to get to the other side and there's a way to uh, live through it without sitting there worried and concerned. Mm-hmm. Glory to God. We're going to get into this. Every, I'm sure everybody's excited to be here this morning. Hallelujah. Can't see your face. Uh, turn with me to James chapter 1. Every person will face tests, trials, tribulations. Jesus told us this. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He told us in the world you will have trouble. He said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Glory to God. So Jesus told us, even though trials are coming, tribulations are coming, we can be happy about it. So James chapter 1, now we've looked at these verses before. We've ministered on these verses before. But I promise you, this came up strong in my heart several days ago. So we're going to go over these verses again. Hallelujah. Uh, God always prepares us ahead of time with the answers that we need. Hallelujah. So James chapter 1. I'm losing James. James chapter 1, verse 2. Go ahead and pull it up. (laughs) Oh, don't we like this verse? James 1, verse 2. It says, count it all, what? Joy. Joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, 
For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, or you could say patience, endurance. Count it all what? Oh, isn't that great news? Count it all joy when you meet the trials. Step number one, count it joy. To weather the storm, to get through the, the other side of the storm, step number one, count it joy. That doesn't sound like a good step, Pastor Amy. I don't like that step. It's the first part of the verse. You can't get to the other parts of these verses without doing the first phrase. Amen. Count it all joy when you meet it. What does that mean? The moment trial, tribulation, trouble comes up, you got to count, count it, count it joy. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about you, that, that word count, I don't just automatically count. You know, I have to on purpose count something out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, my, my daughter and I go back and forth about, about whether it's important to be able to do math in your head. <laughs> And so I'm constantly pointing out to her when we're in the grocery store or something, you know, what's 20% off of that? She'll pull out her phone to get the calculator. No, 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 no. just figure what's 20% off. Be able to count. Be able to figure that out. And, um, and so, you know, it's this running joke with us. But to count something, you have to know what you're doing. You have to do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. And so uh, James here is telling us when you meet trouble... When you meet it, on purpose, I need to consider this, ha, huh, I need to make myself be joyful. Mm-hmm. Count it. Yeah. Count it. I count it joy. Am I excited that the trial has come? No. Am I, am I um, happy about the trial? No. But this verse tells us, you know... That the testing, oh, go back to verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, no matter what the kind is, because you know, you know, you're supposed to know something. When this trial comes up, you're supposed to know this trial, this test is going to uh, produce something for me. That's a different outlook than most people have. What, what if you go out into the parking lot and someone's mashed into your car? Are we excited about this? No, but we've decided to count it something. We're going to count it joy. We're going to be happy. Not that somebody hit our car, but that in this event that the enemy has tried to uh, bring turmoil to us, in this event... The word says this can produce something for us. Ha! (laughs) The enemy tried to make us discouraged, down, sad, upset, tried to waylay or uh, make uh, make our time and effort uh, devoted to something other than it was supposed to be devoted to, and yet we can turn that around, we can smile, We can count this joy and say, praise the Lord. This is going to produce steadfastness. This is going to produce something for me. I'm going to use this to produce something in me. Mm -hmm. 
Glory to God. So how we meet the storm, how we meet the test or trial matters. Hello there. I'm going to count you joy. You're not going to get me upset. You're not going uh, to wear out my patience. You're not going to bother me. You're okay. It, it's okay to talk to your storm. Yes. Amen. It's okay to talk to the storm. Right. Now, when I was in that house in Lincoln Avenue with the cinder blocks, I could look out the window, and there were times where I'd say, blow all you want. Go ahead, wind. Mm-hmm. Keep going. You can't affect me. Most trials, tribulations, opposition that comes to your life is the enemy trying to get you out of the presence and safety of the Lord, out of your fortified house, and into worry, fear. Why? Because that's the enemy's realm. The enemy works well with fear. He works well with fear. He's the author of it. And he can't do what he wants to do in your life unless you're in fear, unless you're in worry. Does that make sense? So how you meet the storm matters. The first things that come out of your mouth. Now, what if something comes up and you just lose it? You lose it on the person who ran into your car. You lose it. You start to boo-hoo. You, you call your mama and, oh, you won't believe it. What happens then? And then you realize, I didn't meet the storm right. Well, so you missed it. Tell God, I'm sorry. I missed that opportunity to count it joy. And you turn around and say, but right now, I'm going to count it joy. Glory to God. Just get back to joy as fast as you can. None of us are perfect in this. We're all learning. And here's the thing with tests and trials. They just keep coming. (laughs) And a lot of times they get bigger as you go. But the things that come to us, the tests and trials that have hit us in the past few years, oh my gosh, 20 years ago, we would have melted. We would have absolutely melted and not known what to do. So don't worry about the fact that tests get bigger as you go. You get stronger as you go. And, you, and, and your walls get thicker as you go. And it, the, even though the storm's bigger this time, you don't feel it. It doesn't bother you as much because you know how to do the word. Ha! Glory! Hallelujah! Count it all joy, my brothers. When you meet various kinds, all kinds of... He's going to say all kinds of trials. Amen. Not just one or two. There's going to be all kinds. Amen. There's going to be trials with family members. There's going to be trials at work. Glory to God. There's going to be trials in your finances. There'll be trials when, when the enemy tries to bring symptoms to your body. There's going to be all kinds of different trials, tests, temptations. That's right. We're supposed to meet them one way. Joy. I'm not happy about what just happened, but I am happy about what this is producing in me. It's making me stronger. Glory to God. It's helping me. No bully 
likes to think that his tactics are not being felt. In other words, if somebody is bullying a, a little kid and that kid just ignores it and acts like it doesn't bother him at all, well, that kind of nullifies the whole reason that the bully is being a bully. The enemy is a bully. He's a bully. He wants to call you names and punch you down and make you feel bad, and he wants to see you get in the corner and cry and back down and say, maybe the word doesn't work. Maybe I'm not as good as a Christian as I thought I was. He's a bully. Mm -hmm. Just don't let him even know that you're noticing Mm -hmm. the test, the trial. How do we do that? Joy. Ha! Joy. Count it all joy. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Verse 4, let, let, let steadfastness have its full effect. I don't care how long the storm is going on, this is working for me, it's producing in me, it's making me stronger, it's making me more steady, it's giving me endurance where I didn't have endurance before, and so I'm going to let this baby have its full effect. I'm going to get all I need to get out of this. If I have to go through this, oh, you better believe I'm going to come out stronger. You better believe I'm going to get some skill while I'm going through this. Glory to God. Let steadfastness have its full effect. What is the full effect? That you may be perfect. Now that word perfect means mature. That you may be mature. What's a mature tree versus a baby tree? A mature tree has some thickness about it. It has some strength about it. It produces fruit That's right. in greater volumes than any baby could. The trials that you go through produce maturity in you. They produce a thickness, a steadfastness that nothing else can produce. Ha! Huh. Well then, bring it on. That you let steadfast have its full effect, that you may be perfect, mature, complete. Oh, does that mean that we can't com- completely be complete, if you could say it that way? That we can't get to this place of completeness without enduring some tests or trials? Wow, that's not a fun thought, is it? Jesus already told us the trials were coming. So let's not freak out when they show up. Let's meet them the correct way. Glory to God. Let's do what the word says. Hallelujah. And we'll get to the other side. That you may be perfect and complete. Lacking in what? Nothing. Lacking in nothing. Lacking in nothing. How in the world is it already 11 o'clock? That's ridiculous. Lacking in nothing. Lacking nothing. Amen. Remember what Paul told us in Philippians? That I've learned how to be made high. I know how to live low. I know how to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
Yes. That's good. Amen. That Paul wrote that when he was in prison. What's he saying? I know how to do this, guys. I know how to do it. Glory to God. I've learned these trials, these tribulations, the times that I've been beaten for the sake of preaching the word, the times that I've been thrown into prison and have to sit there in the sewer of the city, which is where the prison was. It wasn't a pleasant place. And yet he said, I know how to do this. In that same chapter in Philippians 4, he said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Glory to God. What's he saying? I know how to do this. I know how to stay happy no matter what's going on around me. I stay in my safe place. Being a hearer and a doer of the word, I built my house on the rock. The storms can blow, but I'm going to sit here by the fire and praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Can we look at one more scripture? Yes. And obviously we're going to have to do more of this next week. But look at 1 Thessalonians 5, please. The tests and trials that come to us produce for us. Glory to God. They work for us. Tests and trials work for you. Ha! When a test or trial comes up, you can say, you're working for me now. (laughs) You're working for me now. That's why I'm happy. That's why I'm glad. Glory to God. Because you're at work for me. You're producing for me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians 5. What do I want? I can't find it. It's verse 16. Verse 16, please. We've looked at these before. Come on now, but we're going to look at it like we've not seen it before. What does it say? Rejoice. Always. Test. No test. Middle of the test. End of the test. Beginning of the test. What do we do? Rejoice. Rejoice, not because the test is happening, but because it's going to do something for us. Hallelujah. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What does that mean? We're always talking to God. (laughs) We're always talking to him about things, right? We're never just falling in a corner and wondering, why did this happen to me? Uh Uh-uh. No, 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 no. We're always doing the word. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give Thanks in all circumstances. Yes. Kind of sounds like count it all joy to me, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yes. Give thanks in all circumstances. Mm-hmm. No matter, no matter what it is, I can give thanks because even in a bad circumstance, a trial, a test, this is going to work for me. Ha, ha, it's going to work for me. It's going to work for me. I'm going to come out stronger. I'm going to come out knowing how to navigate these storms better. I'm going to come out so that the next time this baby comes up, it's not even going to, I'm not even going to feel it. Whoo, glory to God, because I'm going to be so strong. It produces for me. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, we've we've said it before, there are very few times in the New Testament where it says, this is the will of God for you. 
This is the will. What is the will of God? Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. This is the will. No matter what test, trial, I'm going to count it joy. I'm going to meet it with joy. Hello, trial. Ha, ha, ha. I'm counting you joy. You're going to produce for me. You're going to work for me. You didn't even know it. You thought you were going to ruin me. Ha! But you're going to produce for me. I'm putting you to work today. Bring it on. Let the wind blow. Come on. It's going to produce for me. How do we weather the storm? Remember, a hearer and a doer of the word still feels the storm. The storm still comes against the house. I wish he didn't say it beat on the house. <laughs> you know, I wish sometimes, but there are, there are storms that beat. They're big. They move things around in the yard. They leave a mess afterwards. You got to go clean up. But there are things we can do to weather that storm. Amen. Glory to God. The first thing and the only thing that we get to, to listen to today, we meet it with joy. Amen. We count it joy. Amen. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. Yes. Count it all joy. 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 Hallelujah. You open your checkbook and you count it all joy. Glory to God. You don't even have checkbooks anymore. You open your app, your bank app, and you, and you look at it and you count it all joy. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You wake up in the morning and your body tells you you're not getting out of bed today. You hurt too much. What do you do? You count it all joy. How? You think that, body, but that's not what the Word of God says. So I'm going to rejoice today that though I have what the Word says. Glory to God. Count it all joy. All joy. All joy. All joy. Somebody's nasty to you at work? Count it all joy. Someone's got that personality that just... Nails on the chalkboard? Count it all joy. Amen. I'll finish with this. Brother Hagin tells a story about a time where he was, uh, he, they were giving testimony and giving thanks. It was a New Year's Eve service. They were giving thanks for different things that had happened and, and giving thanks for different people that were in their lives and things like that. And Brother Hagin was the pastor of the church and he got up and said, I want to give thanks for Sister So-and-So. Now Sister So-and-So was the town gossip was the church gossip. She was always stirring the pot. You know what I mean by that? Stirring the pot. Stirring things up from the bottom that shouldn't have been stirred up. <laughs> she was always uh, making up tales if there wasn't a tale to be told. And Brother Hagen got up and said, I want to thank God for Sister So-and-So. She's kept me on my knees in prayer more than any other person I've ever met. She's kept me closer to the Father. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because every time this, this woman would start, you know, spreading things through the church, he'd want to <laughs> take her by the neck and, and give her the what for, and he had to go spend time in the presence of God instead and count it all joy. What am I saying? This produces, people can produce things for you. That's right. 
Ah, they can be so ornery and you can just walk around and smile and say, glory to God, this is working for me. This is helping me. This is producing in me. I'm going to come out of this better, stronger, Amen. thicker. Glory Amen. to God. Amen. Stand to your feet this morning. Thank you, Lord. Count it all joy. Amen. All joy. Amen. All, joy. Yes. all joy. Glory to God. Whether it feels nice, whether it doesn't feel nice, I count it joy. I choose to rejoice always. I choose to give thanks to the Father for all that he's done in my life and all that trials produce. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, we didn't finish this week. There's more steps. So you're going to have to come back next week. Glory to God. But let's do that this week. Count it all joy. joy. You're dismissed. Amen.